Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. Indie Game Business is recorded live on Mixer and produced by the Powell Group. Check us out at IndieGame.Business. Now, let's start the show with your hosts, Jay Powell and me, Indy. Well, 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 what's up, everybody? My name's Indy, and the gentleman right there next to me, in, uh, hanging out in the woods with the pink flowers, that's Mr. Uh, Jay Powell from Powell Group Consulting, and this is Indie Game Business today. What? 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 You're going to hate on my nook's cranny, man. That's, that's just mean. Yeah, well, it's better than your uh, cranny's nook. Jimmy and Tommy are in there working their little <laughs> raccoon asses off. You know, because they buy everything. It's a, I'm supporting small businesses, Andy. Supporting small businesses, and that's a good to do in this these times. And and, and we are we have a special guest, Ryan Sumo. Um, hi, Ryan. Hey. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Doing good. Welcome to the show, Ryan. So Ryan is got the, his own studio now, but in the past he's worked on things like. Uh, Prison Architect and another one that I can't remember off the top of my head because it's like that kind of day, Ryan. But <laughs> let's start like where we always start and tell us how you actually got in the industry and then walk us through what you've done up to this point. Sure, sure. Um, so thanks again for uh, like for, for, for having me. Um, so I'm not sure we mentioned earlier to like to the viewers that um, I'm from the Philippines, um, so a long way off from uh, from where you guys are. And, uh oh, we um, we lost Jay uh -oh. there. <laughs> and he's back. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. <laughs> we'll have to punish you for that. Okay, um, where was I? Okay, You're from the Philippines. Uh, I am in the Philippines. It is 12 midnight here right now where I am, um, just because of time zone differences. Uh, so I got in the industry, I'd say, oof, uh, maybe 15 years ago. Um, so fresh out of college, I worked in a call center. It's never a happy uh, place to work for a very long time. Um, I answered an ad for a company that was looking for uh, a mobile games artist. And um, so, so you guys might remember this. I'm not sure how old your listeners are, but um, this was like making mobile games back when Nokia was the big dog. And uh, Snake! Yeah, so you were, yeah, yeah, we were making, well, it was a little bit more advanced than um, than Snake. Like, they had, like, the color screens. Like, those were the big things back then. Um, so we were making, uh, the, the language, I think, was called, like, J2ME. We were making really simple games, like, kind of Game & Watch style games, and I was, like, providing the art. Um, and, uh, yeah, I kind of just jumped from one company to another then. Um, I, I like to tell people that, like, you know, I, I complain about Steam all the time, like the, um, like the, the revenue share and everything it could always be better. Right. But like back in the day, like we were working not like on an app store or a marketplace, but like directly with like telco companies. And so like they, they were like the, uh, the gatekeepers and like the revenue shares were basically flipped. Right? Like they, they earned the 70 and you earned the 30. And so it was a, a much, much um, more difficult like marketplace for, especially for like, like a small 
um, company uh, at that time. So not a lot of them survived. People um, don't remember that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday and it's like when we were doing mm -hmm. casual games 15 years ago, Big Fish would take 70%. Right, right. So yeah, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's uh, you know like it's it's good to have that. I mean in in, in um, you know just as perspective, right? Um, we're never going to stop asking for more revenue from from Steam or whoever, whatever marketplace. But still, it's uh, it's been a big change. And um, <laughs> yeah, so like after after that company, I just kind of jumped from one company to another as they uh, went out of business um, because it was really hard to. Um, you know, maintain a, a, a games uh, business back then. Um, and uh, I guess like probably the, the, like, the turning point for me was in like 2007, I was approached from this guy uh, who was, he was making a DS game and he saw like my art on DeviantArt of all places. And uh, he's like, hey, like, I like your work. Um, I'm working on a DS game right now and uh would you like to work for me and so like i left my job um and kind of uh you know worked for him um he was shipping the game around to publishers around 2008 when the uh, financial collapse happened and he also went out of business um and i was kind of out of work i was out of work i had like literally a few months before his business went under i'd put money down on a mortgage um, and, uh, so I was like really, really in a tight spot and, uh, yeah, there weren't a lot of uh, local businesses like doing games here. Um, this is like maybe 2010 or like 28, uh, 2008, 2009. So what I did was, um, I became a freelance artist and, um, like it was really, really early days for, for this kind of stuff, but I figured, um, you know, like I had nothing to lose, uh, well, except for, for the, the condo that, um, that I put the mortgage down on, but, um, like my best, my best like shot at, you know, keeping, keeping this thing going was to do freelance. And, um, yeah, I, um, was a freelancer for a very long time. Um, then, um, at, you know, came to a point where people were starting to notice like my work. Um, I worked on this like cult classic game called Space Chem. Um, a bunch of like more programmer um, centric people out there will probably remember that. And uh, after Space Chem, that's um, that's when the Prison Architect guys noticed my work and they reached out to me. Um, that was 2011, we'll and uh, I worked on Prison Architect until 2015. Um, and when that launched out of early access in 2015, I felt like, you know, I'd kind of, uh, I'd sort of reached the top of the mountain, I guess, in terms of like freelance work. Like I, there's no, there's no way like I could, I could get on a bigger game than prison architect. And, uh, and so that's when I decided that like, you know, I, uh, maybe it's time to start doing my own, my own games. No... And, um, I, uh, yeah, I happened to um, be working on a prototype at that point. Um, I, I found a publisher and they just liked the, the game enough so that um, they gave us some money and we started the company. Um, so, yeah, so we've been in business since 2015. The company is called Squeaky Wheel. Um, and, uh, yeah, like our biggest game so far, at what, what keeps the lights on, is called Academia School Simulator. Um, and uh, yeah, we're working on that right now. We're hoping to like uh, release that um, sometime this year. And at the same time, we're helping out another local studio 
and like they're also launching a game it's called ruin arc uh some uh it's gonna launch an early access this year and uh yeah ho i'm hoping that that'll do well so that we can keep going and like kind of support the the local industry here so yeah i mean that's one of the things that we want to talk about is mm -hmm. you know, we have folks on from around the world occasionally and we always like to get a good idea of you know what's the market like where you are so right i mean can you give us an overview of the the philippine game market in general and you know what platforms work best all that sort of stuff genres sure sure um so like uh I, i'm obviously gonna have to be speaking like really broad strokes um but uh so we have like a population of 90 million people um and to get a good idea of what like the market is like i think if i remember correctly like credit card penetration uh which means like how many people have actual credit cards to like buy stuff online or on steam or whatever um i th think is less than 30 percent i could be right it might even be much smaller than that um so like there's a very small number of people that uh you know like have like the disposable income to to buy games uh so that's one thing um when i was a kid actually uh pirated games were a huge deal here like you would go into like a stall and it would be rows and rows of like pirated games and i had no like concept at the time that like these games were pirated right i was just like oh this like these games are all here and they're like super cheap like we could get like PlayStation games for like 35 pesos, which is like less than a dollar. It's like maybe 75 cents. And I just thought, oh, man, that's cool. Like these games are really cheap. <laughs> that's a good deal. Uh, yeah, it's a good deal. Um, so the, the 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 story I like to tell is like that the the um, like the pirate like companies were so advanced that they had their own like branding. And I would choose um, certain games based on like the pirates that made them. So my my favorite pirate company um, was called Players, and I, I I love them just because like well their 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 copies were like pretty good, and they um, they use they so they even pirated the logo of the uh, Indiana Pacers basketball team, and so I recognized <laughs> their logo really easily. And so it was like the Indiana Pacers, but instead of Pacers, it said Players. And I'm like, ah, okay, I recognize that logo. I, you, you guys must be trustworthy. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they were not. But, uh, but yeah, um, so, so I, that's, you know, that's kind of an anecdote that gives you an idea of how many people actually buy games locally. Now, it's changed, um, you know, it's, it's, it's changed very slowly, and, and, and now it's, the, there are a lot more people who are, like, very um, vocal about buying, like, uh, original games and, um, like, paying, like, um, paying the creators. So, like, last year when we were at a, a convention, we don't, so, so, yeah, for us, like, we kind of almost treat the Philippines as a non-entity, as a market. Um, we we don't we don't uh, focus on selling to to our market. Uh, our focus is like you know the U.S., um, Europe, and and um, like uh, like East Asian countries that are, have larger uh, markets. But we we do try to support the local community, so we we show up at like conventions and stuff. And at one of the conventions, um, like we were selling the game uh, Academia for like fifty percent off, like just selling Steam keys. 
um, you know, just because we, we wanted to be able to like sell it at a price that they could afford. And the Steam regional pricing actually has been very good for this. I think it's uh, I think it's actually really good for supporting people and like um, you know giving them a game at, at a price point that they can actually realistically afford. And, and and like one guy came up to us and like insisted on paying us uh, like full price because he wanted to support us, which is uh, this is a really nice feeling that um, like the local community is just trying to so support. What you. is so? So what's the price difference between like what we see in the West and then what it is um, in the Philippines? So so for example, Academia costs uh, twenty dollars. That's like nineteen ninety nine uh, US. Here we would sell it for 500 pesos, which is around like 9.99 or like 10 dollars. Um, so it's like 50 percent off, basically. Um, if I'm being honest, probably makes sense to like lower it, but like 500 is a good enough amount, I think, that like um, it still feels like it's a premium product. So like anyone who's gonna buy it at least you know knows that it's uh, it's kind of a signal that that we think it's a it's a it's a good product. So it's interesting what you said about the the pirates and the branding, you know, mm -hmm. many many years ago. And to give you an idea of how <laughs> how old I am, when you were talking about the Nokia phones, I was working in this industry before there were mobile games. So that's I, right. I, I go <laughs> way back. Uh, we had a company, one of the publishers that we used in uh, Russia for a while. They started wow. just like selling, you know, ridiculous amounts of units. And, and we called him and I was like, so what are y'all doing different? He said, well, we finally, the piracy at that time in Russia was so bad. He said, we right. finally just embraced it. And we started selling games to the pirates, you know, so <laughs> we would just, they, they would lower the price. They knew they were, they were getting, yeah, sold, yeah. Anyway, so they just lowered the price of the games and used the the piracy. You know, this is like physical games. You know, so at the market, right, right. everywhere else, yeah. they just used them as a yeah. distribution channel. Yeah, and I yeah. absolutely agree with that. I mean, that's amazing. That that's uh, I always like so like yeah, around the same time, around like um, like fifteen years ago, like I actually wrote an article about that. I don't know if it's even online anymore. It was on the Escapist magazine uh, of all places. Like. Um, like I was arguing really strongly for that, that like, you know, I, I get it, anti-piracy, like I know that you're losing money, guys, but like there is like this built-in distribution network already. Like they they know where to go, they know where like you know who to sell to. Like, why don't you just figure out how to work with these people and you know give them give them a cut of the money and like um, you know, I, I mean I guess I'm sure it's much more complicated than I think it is. There's like lawyers to deal with and you know, whatever, but like uh, like regional pricing has solved most of that issue, uh, at least digitally. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and the fact that <laughs> you can't buy physical games anymore. So, so places, so. <laughs> right, right. You hand somebody a game on a CD-ROM, they're going to look at you like, what the, what am I supposed to do with this? I don't even have a CD-ROM on my computer anymore. Um, you know, actually, I was approached by like um, a publisher recently who said like, they're interested in doing a box copy of uh, of Academia, like our, our current game. Um, and they said that you'd be surprised that like people are still buying it. So I'm like, okay. So, so this, so is where, yeah. this is where the market gets interesting. 
yeah. whenever you know everybody backs out of something, it, it right. creates a vacuum. You know, right. physics, physics, you know, physics and game development. That, but there are several companies now because you know when shelf space started shrinking here in the U.S. and Best Buy went from like four rows of games down to a half a row, and same in Walmart and and everywhere else, and GameStop obviously so many publishers like backed out they're like it's not worth it to make game make boxes anymore and then mm-hmm. you have uh companies what is it is it second chance or second there's there's a company here in north carolina that does it and they said okay well we're going to start doing basically it actually may be called limited run or limited edition games they started doing i think it's called edition. limited run yeah yeah, yeah. i've heard it limited yeah that, yeah. That's the guys that are here in North Carolina, and they started reselling them back into Walmart, and, and right. because all of a sudden these stores had nothing except for their physical console copies, and yeah, there are several companies. I mean, it's not something that you're always going to be able to fully fund a development cycle right, on, right. but if you've got, I mean, it's it, a good it's, um, additional revenue, right? Yeah, like you kind of got to squeeze as much as you can out of uh, every project. Yeah. I mean, and we had so one of the first games that I ever worked on that that sold. I don't remember hundreds of thousands, if not like a, a million copies. I can't remember how much it actually was. Was with a publisher in Spain back in the late '90s and early 2000s, and we had a game back then. We had to do a different contract for every country because it was all physical distribution. And so you didn't have global digital distribution anymore. And they, in Spain, they outsold like the rest of the world. And we were like, what in the hell? They would take them (laughs) and put them on, on magazines as, you know, inserts. Right. Right. Uh, Right. Absolutely. So shit, tons of these things. Um, So that's one of the things that's interesting is when you start talking to folks from around the world and you realize that it's not only that the taste in games is different, but, you know, monetization and how you sell it and where you sell it is, is, is so different as well. So are there a lot of PC and console players in, in the Philippines or is it um, Yeah. So like the big, the big, um, I guess like the big thing that the Philippines is, 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 is known for right now is one is um, we're actually really a really big like esports um, company, right? A company, sorry, a country. Um, like I'm not super up on the, the esports scene, but like who does like the masters, like is that Dota or like, and for one of yeah. one of like the one of the MOBAs, they have like a, a big like um like this global tourney. I think it's called the Masters. But you know, don't don't quote me on that. Um, but one of their events was held here just just because like there, there's such a huge um like esports audience here. Um, the uh, the conference I was talking about earlier that we went to, it's called ESGS. Like. It's called Electronic Sports and Gaming or something. Um, I forget what the acronym stands for, but basically, like most of that convention revolves around esports. Um, so that's that's one that's a huge deal here. Um, and um, like mobile phones, like so mobile games, it's a it's, it's a really big deal here. Um, so like for a very um, for a very long time, like the Philippines was like, if you talk to anyone in like the mobile game scene that was like um, doing a like a big launch soon, like the uh, the Philippines is like a good was always known as a good place to like um, do like a soft launch of your product, precisely because like people would try it, but like they wouldn't 
pay for it so it's it's totally fine to like just just test it out here and get feedback but don't expect like um that you're not losing any you're not losing any revenue anyways it's a good place to like uh to uh like test out your game um so i have a story yeah. about that actually so we had a client several several years ago who was doing a horse racing game where mm -hmm. you you bred the horses you raced them free to play the whole thing right and they saw flaws in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah. And numbers sucked. I mean, they were just horrible. And okay. somebody finally turned around and said, um, do y'all know that they don't race horses in the Philippines? In some places they, you know, eat them like we eat cows. <laughs> they were like, Oh, yeah, that um that might make a difference. That I'm not sure that's. I mean, I've never eaten a horse, uh, although I wouldn't be against it. Um, there's like, a, so so the Japanese have this like random topic. Japanese have this this sashimi that's like horse sashimi, and I, I'm I'm sort of into the idea of trying it one of these days. Wait, wait, um, they have horse sushi. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so like, I, I, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like one of those once in a lifetime things, um, like that, and maybe blowfish. I'd like to try at some point. I love the, blow, um, the, the horse can't kill you. The, the, you know, <laughs> the blowfish. I mean, yeah. Aside from, you know, if if we get outside the realm of, you know, we don't eat horses because they're cute type thing. Sure. The there's really, I mean, there's. What is that dish called where it's basically raw beef cut really thin? It's, it's um shoot, it's like car carpaccio or um... yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like what's the difference? You know, but I know yeah. I'll I'll probably get hate from that because we don't eat horses. But anyway, that was that was the thing. It's like yeah, you're yeah. right. They were all, all these games were soft launching in the Philippines. But when you're soft launching, you have to take the you know the culture and the localization and you know everything right. into but they didn't and they were like oh this is why our KPIs <laughs> suck ass um so yeah it's so why do you think i mean esports has been around for like 20 mm -hmm. years in in korea and it's really mm -hmm. only like in the last five eight years really moved over to the u.s and started taking mm -hmm. off in any way shape or yeah. form so why do you think that there was such an early surge in the philippines to to esports because we're poor uh, <laughs> so then that that sort of doesn't make sense except uh until you realize that um so a lot of people uh, and this this kind of goes back to like you know, like the pirated games and stuff, right? So when people were, were playing um, like console games, like I was, we would usually buy the pirated games, right? And that, that, that falls under like the, uh, even like PC games were pirated. Everything was pirated, basically. Um, there was, and you know, and the, the distribution networks just ignored us. So like it was like super harder, like way more expensive than it really was worth to actually like go out of your way to buy um, like original games. Um, so set that aside. Most people here are, are really um, are poor. Uh, like I, I forget what the statistics are, but we're generally we're we're, we're not a very wealthy um, country. So um, like I'm I'm kind of basically upper middle class, um, and uh, so I could afford like like my parents could afford to buy me like you know a computer or like a console if I got good grades. 
Um, but most people didn't have enough money to um, to buy uh, consoles or computers, uh, PCs. So what they did was similar to to to, to Korea, right? There, there's a very very healthy culture of um, like internet cafes here, um, precisely because you couldn't buy um, like a like a thousand dollar PC, say, to to play like the latest games, but you could afford to pay a dollar an hour. Uh, roughly to uh, to 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 play games, and so like a lot of like like my 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 college years and like my like you know like just hanging out with friends was spent like in in these network cafes where we would play land games or like we played like you know Counter Strike and Command Command and Conquer Generals and stuff. Um, like I kind of phased out of it eventually, uh, but like that like internet cafe culture has kind of remained and like. Um, that's kind of the basis of why these games are so popular. Since they're free to play, right? Um, so you just go up to the cafe, you pay your your um, your, your your dollar, and then you you can stay there um, as as long as as you, as you can afford it and kind of hone your your skills. And um, yeah, so like that's definitely one of the big reasons why like the esports culture here is so uh, prevalent. Is it mainly? MOBAs, you know, like Riot, or is it getting more into? God, I, I don't know. I'm I'm so out of it. So I'm not, I'm not super. Like I'm like my, you know, I I'm at that age where you're um, what do you call? Like, they have an acronym for like the the speed of your clicks or something. Um, oh yeah. Oh my God. Yes, I remember watching the, like the yeah. Starcraft players from from South Korea. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That was um, crazy. How many clicks per second and things that they did? Right, right, right. So I forget was, which game super popular but um i mean dota for sure this is a very popular um there's a i think we did like starcraft too like whatever whatever usually is like what's popular like around the world right like whoever is um basically giving like throwing out the most um most money at, at these competitions that's what's going to attract uh, a lot of players probably that well, yeah, that was all. That just absolutely dumbfounded me. How fast <laughs> they could click. Um, yeah. My my son and his friend found some online web based shooter last week, and they were like, "He was like, Dad, come play with us." And I'm like, "All right, all right." So I hop in there, and I'm, I'm like rolling around this map, and I'm like, "This is you know, this seems really familiar for some reason." Turns out the company that had you know made this basically recreated dust from the original Counter-Strike and that was the map <laughs> and they could not wow. figure out how I kept like coming out of nowhere and popping them and then like <laughs> disappearing and I'm like I'm not going to tell you I've been playing this map for about 15 years <laughs> right. and I know this one up one side and down the other so um <laughs> but yeah it's anyway, a veteran so, move <laughs> what is it like for for you and for Squeaky Wheel, you know, running a indie studio outside of the, you know, quote unquote traditional game dev markets? Like for us it's uh you know, there are pros and cons. Um we have like terrible internet. Um so it makes it hard to communicate um sometimes uh cost of living here is, is 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 much lower so that's one advantage for us um 
and uh, in terms of taxes, it's a little bit high. Like our the highest like corporate tax rate I think is around thirty percent. So that's kind of um, that's kind of a pain. Um, like in general, I don't think like in terms of running a business, um, like there's any not, there's nothing specifically hard about game development locally uh, as as a business. Uh, like in, in fact, like. It's it's maybe like one of the few like kind of um, companies that you can start here and and like be successful. I think like without without having like a boatload of money or um, it, 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 it's hard to explain. I think to to maybe like someone from the U.S. is like you, you know you're much more like free market economy or like you kind of like tap down on like monopolies and stuff, but. Um, but here, like a lot of like the major corporations are run by um, like oligarchs, or like people who are like really, really entrenched in uh, in in society. So like, it's in a weird way like being a game developer is, is sort of like kind of like untapped territory. Like they don't understand. Like these older companies don't understand like how to do it. And like a lot, some of them have actually tried putting some money into it and like, they just, you know, they don't, they don't know what to do with it. And so like, there's um, strangely like, like fertile, it's, it's fertile ground for like younger, um, like entrepreneurs or anyone like who's interested in, you know, in building a business to kind of um, like make, yeah, like, like kind of build a business out of it. Um, I guess the biggest difficulty for us would be, um, well, access access like is is alleviated somewhat by you know the internet i mean like you know we're, we're talking right now right like um i basically cold emailed you guys asking if i could be a guest on your show and uh, i did that to like just a bunch of like I, this covid thing is like kind of just like inspired me to like just email anyone but like any anyone with a podcast i'm like hey like I'm not doing anything right now, so like, if you guys want me on, uh, I'll do it. Um, so yeah, so like, just, that's just kind of proof to show like how um, the world is much smaller now, right? And you can technically you can do that like with a publisher, right? I'm sure you get like a billion emails every day um, from people looking to work with you, uh, and like that's kind of how like we got um, one of our games published, although. Um, the face-to-face -face interactions are super important still, even in this day and age. And so that's one place we're really lacking um, is like access to like um, you know like conventions or like places like that where we can you know like meet people and make connections. Like you know GDC is is a, it's a place to go like when you want to like make some connections and stuff. Um, but it's like, you know, it's not, it's not that accessible for, for us. So that's one of the big things I think that's, that's uh, going against us. So, I mean, that's actually a, re a really good point. And now none of us have access to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you know, we here at indie game business have been doing digital events for the last year and now mm. they are, exploding because all of right. a sudden everybody right. else has finally decided they need to do them. You know, I had four last week, two, I have two next week. Have you, have you done any of the digital events? We are actually, um, so I, I, yeah, surprisingly, I was kind of behind the ball on this. Like I was surprised on Twitter, like a bunch of people are like, ah, we're doing like the, the gorilla something, the like, like event. It's like, ah, what? what what's going on like what's what's how everyone's like putting up an event like 
I was caught a little bit uh, off guard, to to be honest. So now I'm I'm um, I'm kind of asking like like my our our, our biz dev person to like hey like just you know go around the internet and like list down all of these like new digital events like if it costs us like zero or like a hundred dollars to just join this event like why not like you know that's uh we definitely yes. could use that to expand our networks yeah so um, i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. do your um your bd guy a favor we actually <laughs> track them and cool cool that, great that is a list that we came up with shortly after you know, everything started imploding because I couldn't figure out when to schedule our next event because there were so many other <laughs> events coming up. Right, and right. that list within like two or three months, there's 20 some events. And they're, I need right. to update it again because there's several that aren't like the gorilla one's not on there right now. Um, right. And there's a few others that are coming that, that aren't on there and I need to put on there. But, you know, if, if you're out there listening, the just go to bit.ly slash online game conferences, but you have to capitalize each word for some reason. I don't know why bit.ly does that, but it does. <laughs> and, you know, if we miss you and you're having a digital event, there's a form on the bottom of that page where you can just enter yours and we'll put it in there. Nice. But that is... In what you just said, you know, that is exactly what I've been saying for a year and a half. When we, you know, about a month ago, when we were looking at all these things, you could go and attend every single conference on that list for less than sending one person to GDC. Right, and exactly. you know, now we've we're doing a a career fair as well as well in a couple of weeks. So because it didn't make sense before, you know, it's like, yeah, what if you wanted to hire somebody, but they were, you know, in Norway? Well, right. (laughs) We're all working remotely now, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) um, It it is, I love to, I love to get people's, you know, perception and and their thoughts on these things because, Mm -hmm. you know, even I'm seeing a lot more of them and I go to as many as I can because it, you know, exactly like you said, some of them, our tickets are fifty bucks. Yeah, right. they're gonna they're gonna go up as it gets closer to the show. Yeah. But you know, fifty bucks, a hundred bucks. Yeah, I'll drop that any day if there's a potential right. of getting a client or a deal for one of my clients. You know, out of it. So it's it's one of those things that I'm always interested to see how it's looked at across the rest of the world. Yeah, the the thing that I think might be a bit diff, more difficult. Um, is like uh, consumer shows, like uh, like packs, let's say, yeah. or um, yeah. So like we're 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 actually really interested to see what happens. We um, just a couple of days ago we got um, we got confirmation that we're gonna be uh, part of um, the Steam uh, like summer festival thing um, nice. for, for our game like Ruin Arc. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Like we're very we're really pumped up, but now I'm kind of stressed about it because I'm trying to figure out like. We gotta maximize this shit because, like, you know, um, you know, Steam, like that, like a lot of people are gonna be there. They're gonna be on our storefront. So, like, I'm figuring out, like, okay, like, we gotta like tweak all sorts of things and make sure that like um, people are streaming the game while you know, like, while while the event is going on, so that um, so that yeah, like the game's as attractive um, as it can possibly be. Um, like, I saw this other thing where it's like 
the the stuff where like I kind of like shake my head a little bit and like I I don't know it's like I forget the name of the thing but like it was um the idea was like you would go into like a virtual space and then like they would give you a virtual booth and like Game people portable. would walk around and stuff yeah and I'm like uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too traditional, and like it's just weird to me. But okay, so I don't know. I could be wrong. I went, yeah. And I, you know, we had a booth as indie game business slash the Powell Group, and I was the very same way. You know, and, and yeah. we've had people come to us before since we've been doing these things and, and say, "Hey, look, we've got the next greatest thing, and you're you're yeah. in a virtual." And uh, very much the same thought as you. It's like, why? What is the point? You know. Yeah. So, so I'm wandering around, and now I have to run from meeting to meeting, like I have to do at a real conference. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. do that. That's so um, weird. Well, so my takeaway, and, and hmm. you have to keep in mind that Games Carnival from Exola was like that was the first time they were trying this, right? And right. they were trying it in a game that wasn't built for something like this. Right, right. And right. so it was it was better than I anticipated. Okay. Um, but they still had issues. But like yeah. all of these things have issues when you start right. sometimes you couldn't right. and sometimes your mic wasn't working. And you know, there were there were definitely hiccups and you know you there were like six different worlds because all, each world could only hold like 75 people. So Okay. If if it were put to scale, right? I'm not nearly as against it as I was, you know, a month ago. Sure, but sure. You know, I'm the same way. I, I, I would much rather, you know, with our events, it's time for your meeting. Instead of saying you have to go to East Hall booth 400, it says click here and click <laughs> and here then it, then it teleports you. Zip. Yeah, exactly. You, you end right. up in L.A. and um, that to me is better but right you know i will concede that it was kind of cool to have a booth you know and mm -hmm. it was kind of cool to wander around something did they know. charge for that i was uh, i don't I, I don't remember the charge but all the money uh, went to a a charity oh right like a fund yeah 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 yeah, yeah but you uh, couldn't get cool. out you couldn't yeah. give out swag at your booth there's no pins or no hand sanitizer. That's all right. You probably Brandon, saved a lot of money not giving out swag. Branded hand sanitizer. That would have been cool, though, if you could have, like, gave out swag, and then people could, like, walk around and they have, like, your pin yeah, on or something. So the problem was there was no way for me to... It's like when I'm on a, a video call and somebody's like asking about what we do or a resource or something along those lines, I just drop a, you know, a, a web code. I mean, a a, a link, link in chat and it's like boom there was no way to do that you know and so i couldn't really say hey here's our portfolio or hey here's our you know the page for our discord or anything like that and so wait that that's weird like there was no way for you to just send like no wow but <laughs> it was all because it was all voice chat and so oh no <laughs> you could, yeah yeah, I think you could click on somebody. I don't, I don't know. There was no, there was no effective way to do it. Um, right. Well, that's, that's a lesson learned, the, though. Yeah. You know, for, for yeah. a first shot at this, I, I mean, like I said, it, it did not work. I wasn't able to log in at all on the second day. Right. But it, it still was better than I anticipated. But yeah, sure, uh, Justin, sure. Justin Bearbomb from 
Exola, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, asked me after he went, he's like, how did it go? I said, the line at the beer tent was too long, and you need to fix that. You know, that's my feedback. <laughs> so, yeah, you couldn't give away swag, but, it, I mean, like, I, it was it was better than I anticipated it would be. Right. So, um <laughs> Sign up today for the Indie Game Business Newsletter. It's a weekly source of business news curated for indie dev teams. We've got discounts on all Indie Game Business events and events from all of our partners. You get a first look at the summaries and takeaways from all of our podcasts. There's exclusive opportunities for promotions and early access to new tools for development, monetization, and more. Check it out, sign up, powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher dash list. And now I can, oh, all right. So, you know, we're, we're like 45 minutes in. We can start talking about what we planned on talking about at some point. Um, you did a whole breakdown with Simon Carlos on yeah. the Steam sales for Acad, um, schools, academia. Yeah. So now that you're, it's interesting that you brought up the, the Steam sale or the Steam event because mm. you've got experience doing this. And I just posted a link to the article um, on Gama Sutra that we're talking about here. So how, based on what you've already done, mm-hmm. how do you think you're going to, you know, attack this new one? Because you, I mean, yeah, it says you've grossed over a million dollars on right. school simulator since early access. Yeah. What are um, you going to change that you learned? Um, I mean, so, so this, um, so our next game, right? Uh, I was, it's actually not. Um, we're we're actually not developing it. So, Ruinark is uh, uh, being developed by another local studio, and um, I was really excited because. So, one thing, just to go back to our like one of the earlier topics about like the local game dev scene here. Um, a lot of the a lot of companies here, there, there's an industry, um, but most of them, um, like the larger ones are focused on like outsourcing right and uh, they're, they're, some of them are really big and they they worked on some really big games like so there's uh there's a company that's worked there's a couple of companies that i think that worked on like um uh i'm not sure if epic uh, but for sure there's a couple of companies that work on like naughty dog stuff for example um and uh, like a couple of years ago ubisoft uh opened up uh, a studio in uh, in the south of Manila. so it's uh there's there's definitely an industry um but a lot of the like original ip like original ip was for a very long time not not a thing that that was that was really big um you know people would try their luck on the app store um you know like one man teams two man teams like when you know when that during the app store gold rush um but like in general there wasn't like that ecosystem of like developers with experience who want to strike out on their own you know how it is like like there's usually this really big company and then like someone will lose their job and they'll say well fuck it i'll i'll I'll, I'll 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 make a I'll make a game. I'm sure I can I'll do it. Um, studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, yeah. So like, it was really really exciting for me. Like uh, almost two years ago, when I saw this like this Twitter like this Twitter feed, like I saw this game. I was like, oh, this looks cool. Like um, this looks really professional. 
and I and I noticed like their 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 like website was like .ph. That's like a Philippine like that's the Philippine like um what do you call it it's, like address. Yeah. Um and so like yeah I, I just messaged and said hey you guys like your your game looks really cool like I'd like I'd love to just meet up with you um and it turns out like they're based here and like they literally like they're working out of like a a one bedroom condo like that was um like a ten minute walk from where my parents live so I was like okay I'm gonna come over and like let's have a chat and um, yeah so they're really cool team they're called Maxima um. And uh, they're really keen on like getting this game out, and so I was actually like, you know, trying to give them advice. Like, I wasn't really interested even in um, like publishing them or anything. I was just like, hey, you know, like I think your game's really cool. I want to do everything I can to help you guys out. Um, like, I've had the fortune of like you know, being able to talk to some people at like even like Paradox Games. So like, you know, if if you're interested in in, in introductions, like I'd be happy to hook you up. Um, and eventually we just built a relationship and like they kind of you know trusted me i guess because like i was really going out of my way to try to help them out and um we had a little bit of like um extra cash from uh from from academia and like yeah so we we struck a deal actually that deal is like um the deal is on gamma sutra like i i wrote an article about like um like that entire deal like the contract is there and everything and like like the process that we went through and discussing um, i didn't realize that was you yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so like I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm really big on like trying to make things as transparent as as, as possible. Um, and uh, yeah, so what, what was the original question? Oh, right. Um, so all of which is to say is like this is not our game, but we are like publishing it for um, yeah, for, for for them. Um, what we've learned of, oof, I mean, I. <laughs> I don't know. There's like a bunch of stuff that we learned. Uh, trying to think of like what's the most applicable. Um, I guess is uh, and just make make sure that like we already have a um, a a community that's into the game before you you launch the game. So we're doing a lot of community building um, and like really kind of take advantage of um, these opportunities, like like the Steam like Summer Festival. Um, so one of the things that like really is a focus for me is like not being too distracted by like the other um like the other online stores like you know like like gog has its thing and um, a gog and like the humble store everything epic has a store but like they're not letting anyone in unless unless you get like the golden ticket um so like a lot of my efforts have definitely been on like getting people to like the Steam page and like wishlisting it because like um, that's just where like the majority of the players are. Like for now, like Steam still kind of owns the um, the the PC game marketplace. Um, you know, and I, I know that there are alternatives like like Exola, like you know, selling your games on your own or whatever. Um, so one of my, uh, my, my key focuses like for them was like, let's, you know, just like pimp the shit out of like the, the steam storefront. And since we're lucky enough to be part of the, the, the steam festival, let's really work on like how to maximize that. And, um, you know, like, and hopefully that, that translates into a really, really good launch. That's, um, so, so you are. You're doing the opposite of what I tell people to do sometimes. You're only focusing <laughs> on Steam and not worrying about the other stores at all? 
Um, it's not so much that I don't worry about it. So like one of the things that, so one of the things I learned for, for our side was like, um, our first game was called Political Animals. Um, it didn't do very well. It was like a political strategy game. Um, but that one, that one had a publisher, so it wasn't our money. So yay, like we didn't really lose anything. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, Cliff, our, our publisher. Um, uh, anyway, <laughs> I mean, he, he knew the risks. Um, so like one of the things that I think like was frustrating for us then was like uh, so we were doing like simultaneous builds for like Steam and GOG and like their 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 pipelines are just like really different sometimes and like it was just like kind of a kind of a mess like trying to like consistently like update the builds like on both Steam and 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 GOG and like we're doing early access right so like we're we're trying to stick to a um so, so one of the things i learned was like you need to stick to a regular schedule like when you're doing early access so that um so that gamers can never feel like oh they've just abandoned the game right you need to kind of give them a, a drip feed of like it used to be like every month we would release an update now we've given ourselves a bit of slack because i mean we built like enough trust i think um so that we're doing updates like every uh, every month and a half, um, yeah. But every time we release a build, we'd have to test it and make sure like everything's working okay. And like that's like enough of a pain for Steam that like doing it for a GOG or like like other marketplaces all at the same time, like it's just a pain in the ass for for a small team. And when I looked at like the figures for Political Animals, like it wasn't a huge game, but like the the, the, the amount of money we got from 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 GOG was like maybe God five percent of of Steam. So like that's the calculation that that I made, right? Is is like all this additional effort and like you know sleepless nights? Uh, is it worth an additional five percent right now? For me, it's not. This not this doesn't mean like we won't be on those platforms in the future, right? But once version one is released, then we're definitely going gangbusters and all you know all the platforms. We're doing box copies. We're trying to figure out right now like how can we get on console but at least while we're in active development it's just uh, it's just a nightmare trying to be on multiple marketplaces and updating all at once that and that's you're not alone i mean i talked to a lot of developers <laughs> who have very successful games and i'm like yeah. why are, you know it's always been ingrained in in me it's like get your game on as many platforms as possible i mean when, back in when we were doing hidden object games before you know free to play took over took over everything right. we would have literally 20 different SKUs of the same game yeah. because they were going to different portals because that's how many casual game portals there were back then. So it's right. always been, you know, in the back of my head, it's like, yes, you have to be on everything to maximize your long tail and all that. But yeah. I, I know, you know, that's, that's me doing it when that's all I have to worry about is distribution and, and marketing as a publisher. Yeah versus you know a small studio who has 15 other damn things they need to be doing you know it's like okay we're gonna get the lion's share of stuff out of steam so we're just gonna concentrate on steam right now yeah um so yeah i mean, I mean that, that doesn't that's not even goes to mention like um so you know there's like the amazon like you can put up 
like Steam keys on Amazon and everything, man. But like, I've heard so many horror stories from other developers about like, there's such a pain to work with, like for the amount of like customers that they that they bring in, like trying to get the money from them. It's like, I don't, I don't want to deal with that stuff. So like, yeah, Steam is very good about paying us. So like, yeah. I nearly got drunk into an internet argument about a month ago with somebody <laughs> posting on one of the investor websites about how Crucible from Amazon was going to be like the next greatest thing. And I wrote like an essay in the comments pointing out all the things that I'm like, you know, Epic has made a bigger dent in a year in Steam's market share than Amazon has in a decade. It's like, they don't get it. They, They simply don't get it. You know, they bought Twitch. You know, if it's on the AWS side, they got that shit nailed down. Yes. That part they they have handled selling games. No, nah. yeah. How many people even still use? Do they even still have the Twitter launch? Not Twitter, the Twitch app thing that you launch? It's like no, everybody watches it on the internet. Everybody, there's it's not going to be a thing. And so, yeah. Um, I haven't played Crucible yet. I haven't heard wonderful things about it, but you know, I haven't played it. I'm not going to judge it, but I will say, yeah, I've never even heard it. <laughs> I went through it. Let's just look right now. You know, so if we look at browse, I'm on Twitch looking at live channels. Um, sort by viewers, high to low. Um, League of Legends, Fortnite, GTA 5, Counter Strike, Valorant. Call of Duty, Dota, FIFA, Minecraft, Apex, Minecraft Dungeons, World of Warcraft. Okay, I'm going to keep going and scrolling. There's PUBG, there's Overwatch. I don't see it. Yeah, there's 5.9K viewers. So it's watching Crucible. the hell down the list. And this is on their own platform. So, yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. No, I got it now. 7.1. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's roughly in the top 50. So, yeah. And it's like, um, if, you, if you look on the Twitch page, right, the first row, everyone has... Well, there's between 300 and 1,000 viewers. The next row is between 100 and 200 viewers, and everything below that is under 100 viewers, all the other people streaming it. Yeah, so, I mean, no. I mean, Amazon doesn't, they just simply don't get the game industry. And, and yeah. they they haven't been able to release a successful game. All of their success in the industry has come from shit that they bought. And I don't, I'm not going to swear to this. I haven't seen the numbers, or I have, but I haven't seen them lately on how much Twitch has grown since Amazon bought them. And, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's that much. So, yeah, I, I'm not overly, I'm not expecting a, a whole lot out of, yeah. uh, out of Crucible. Um, so there's, um... There's a, I forget, like, I forget what it was, but there's like a business saying or something. It's one of those like tech bro sayings um, about like, 
like you have to look at your business and like check out like see where like most of your revenue is coming from and then see like how much effort like it takes like you know to to access like that revenue versus like everything else and if you see that like you know let's say it, it takes you 50% effort it takes me let's say it takes me 50% effort to put out a build on on GOG every month and 50% of effort to put it out on Steam but like Steam gives me 95% of the revenue i'm better off like taking that 50% of energy that i would have put into like putting up like another bill on GOG and just like, you know, devoting it to, to something else like a game additions to the game or marketing or even just like taking a nap is probably a better uh, <laughs> better use of my resources, right? Than like an additional, you know, I mean, time is money, right? But if, if you're just, if you're talking about 5% of like whatever, like maybe it's actually legitimately worth your time to just read a book or, or, or take a nap because like, yeah. <laughs> So we actually did have a a question from for you on oh. on Twitch. So I, I'm assuming they're looking at uh, maybe Ruinark, mm -hmm. possibly Academia. Yeah, they were, sure. we were talking about Ruinark at that time. Okay. okay. So, so the games like Prison Architect, where essentially they're spending years developing, it, must have a high running development costs or no, and you know, like constant huge updates after release. Which yeah, so I mean, how big were the development costs? I mean, you obviously made you know some good money on on the first title, mm -hmm. but how do you? And this is a question I love getting into with a, with a lot of developers and publishers when you're dealing with a game model that doesn't necessarily have a subscription or, you know, free to play mechanics in it or, you know, constant paid DLC coming out. How do you manage the development costs and then the, you know, post release content costs as well? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think um, I need to clear something up a little bit. I think there was an assumption um, by someone uh, maybe on Twitch that we had released uh, Prison Architect. Um, and so just to be clear, we, we didn't make Prison Architect. I'd worked as a freelance ar artist on Prison Architect. And I kind of used that like as a jumping off point for like starting my own company. Um, and then we, you know, like we worked on uh, political animals and then academia, which is uh, the game we're, we're still actively um, developing right now. Um, so I, I'm not sure I could answer like the, the question about like um, how to manage um, like, basically like do do we and that's kind of something that we we have to decide um very soon actually um because we're hoping to launch version one of the game uh of academia sometime this year and um so now we're we're definitely having those discussions in the team like um do we do we keep supporting it how can we keep supporting it should we is it more value for money to like you know, start on a new game. I mean, just just like emotionally and and like mentally, like we're we're definitely like we we need to work on something else because we've been working on this for like for, uh, for like three and a half years. Uh, it's been a really really long time. Um, but there is like uh, there is still a lot of value to it. Like uh, we still get a lot of people playing the game. It's not like crazy amounts of people playing the game, but like um, consistent numbers of people are coming and and buying the game 
Um, so yeah, we have to think about whether it's worth like um, treating it as. A, I mean, the, the the term right now is called gas or the games as a service. Like, uh, mm-hmm. if we're just going to keep supporting this as long as um, it's uh, like. Uh, financially as long as we financially can or if it just makes sense to take like what we've learned from this game um apply it to the next game and hopefully like kind of be better at making that game be more efficient in making the game like make fewer mistakes because i definitely think we made a lot of uh mistakes um in 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 making our academia so one of the things that you point out in the article about academia is that Mm. you know it's not like you've gotten rich off of you know, the early access, despite the amount of sales, yeah. because you still have, you know, folks that invested in the company, you got to take care of, you know, you are pulling yeah. in a profit, but so, I mean, and so it's kind of like along the same lines, mm-hmm. are you, do you have a post content? I mean, a post launch content plan for academia? Um, so right now, I think what our focus would be is uh, like I mentioned earlier, um, that this is when like we're gonna try to get into as many marketplaces as we can um and that's kind of how i want to maximize the uh the ip so like definitely like you know now is the time to go on god now is the time to go on like um i don't know what what the other like um what the other major um storefronts are like maybe shoot an email out to epics like hey like you know we yeah, it, kind it, of made it well right yeah um You've got them, and, you've got uh, Great Man Gaming as well. Console, we're looking at console also, but that's a bigger investment because um, the game wasn't really, like the UX, the UI wasn't really built for console. So we're looking for a publisher for, for console right now, actually, to see if like um, if anyone's interested in um, like importing it. We don't have any interest in doing it ourselves because, like again, like it's a lot of effort and we're, we're kind of just emotionally tired from from working on the game so we want to hand it off to someone um specifically like also and we don't have any uh, we don't have any experience in like console right so like we have no idea um also another thing about distribution in the philippines um there is no official distribution for like xbox or i think so i think sony has distribution networks here i'm not sure but nintendo and like microsoft for sure there's no way to get like dev kits like legally like you kind of have to like gray market that shit like you know do some workarounds in order to get um those dev kits or like you know so we're totally happy to give it to someone else say okay like you know fix the ui for for consoles let's release it and um let's just do some sort of revenue share um so yeah that's that's kind of um how we're hoping to you know extend the lifetime of the game and like really uh like extract as much value as we can out of it and, and that's a you know you mentioned it in passing but that's a huge mm-hmm. disadvantage that a lot of countries have yeah you know, especially yeah. in southeast asia and yeah. even in south america it's it's yeah. like they just Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft simply well Microsoft is I mean now. like it's it's not even just a disadvantage like I mean to be perfectly honest I find it like really insulting <laughs> like um it is. you know we're yeah. we're just as good as anyone else like it like I don't under I really really don't understand like 
what are you worried about? Like, do you think we're going to steal something? I, I, I don't know. That's like, exactly, yeah. that's exactly it. And, and it goes back yeah. years and years to yeah. you know, when Sony wouldn't send stuff to to China because they were afraid yeah. it was going to get reverse engineered and right. you know all this other stuff. And it's still. You know, from that. I mean, yeah. And so but that's exactly. We're, <laughs> I want to tell them, like, you know what? We're not that smart. We're not smart enough to reverse engineer this stuff. We're smart enough to make the games. Just give us the dev kits. We're, we're we're fucking paying you for them, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I get really really angry. Like, what? Like when this comes up, because like it, it really is like insulting. Like, there's no. There's no valid reason to not have just have a guy here, just have one person here to like scope out the landscape and do all the legal stuff that you have to do. And like, and then you know, just leave it alone. And if someone pays you for a dev kit, just fucking give it to them. Like, I really don't understand. Like, it makes me so angry. And like, I, I feel really insulted every time. Like, like they tell me, like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, there's no way to really do it, but like you can, you can ask these people and they'll figure it out. It's like, ah, oh, God, fuck you guys! Like, you know, you're not really, you're not really encouraging us to make content for you, right? Like, okay, they're not really. And, and you know, I remember, it's like I'll, I'll even give him, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, you know, yeah, there were serious security concerns about right. sending dev kits overseas. I mean, I remember taking dev kits overseas to Eastern Europe mm. and there's nothing, especially like when you're not the engineer on the team anyway, yeah. about, you know, customs in, you know, an Eastern European country pulling you out and telling you to explain what this giant box <laughs> is. And you're like, oh, it's a dev kit. Don't ask me that. I'm just bringing it to them. I don't yeah, yeah. know how to work the damn thing, you know? So it's, um, uh, you know, I, I I know where it came from, but this day and age, there's no excuse for it's, it. It's really, I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and it's obvious because Microsoft is like, hey, look, if you have an Xbox, you have a dev kit. Right. You know, so you know, are we seeing the Xboxes get completely reverse engineered and turned uh -huh. into nuclear weapons? No. You know, that there was the, speak, there was that article, I don't remember if it was on the PS3 or the PS4, where somebody figured out if you chained a bunch of them together, you would end up with like a government size supercomputer. <laughs> and I'm like, if there's an organization who has the money and the time and the know-how of how to do that, there's bigger concerns about that organization than the fact <laughs> that they just daisy chained a whole bunch of, you know, yeah, yeah. PS4s together. So, um, it is. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it does suck, and, you know, I hate it, too. But if it makes you feel any better, like when before the switch on, on the Wii for the development kits, we had to, you know, even here in the States, we had right, to sign right. waivers with Nintendo that said, this development kit is in a locked real office at all times. It wasn't. But, you know, that's what that's what we had to do, too. But, yeah, they still yeah. don't. Um well, dude, I know it's it, it's we can keep going if you want to, but it's like one in the morning for you, and I know. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I can keep going for a few more minutes. Uh, let's do a one hour and thirty, I guess, or we're almost in an hour and thirty. Well, so I have not? work I gotta actually get to, so. Nobody cares, <laughs> <Andy>. <laughs> yeah. Indy just announced a new job on LinkedIn. Everybody, it's gonna be a big, you know, big round of congratulations. Congratulations, uh, thank you. 
So, uh, so do you want to tell everybody what you're doing, Melody? Um, I'm working for, uh, with Vicarious PR or V Pub and V Publishing uh, Business Development. Yeah. There, there's children running around my door. There's children. Um, yeah, there's children sitting here looking at me too, or a child. A child. Mm -hmm. Is it the one? Yeah. But we're not going to tell the story about last night and why mm -hmm. that was hilarious. That was funny. Um. So. Aside from, I mean, you're going to look for somebody to actually do the um, the console porting. Uh, I know some people that can help you do that, by the way. The um, Ooh, cool. <laughs> you know, if you just hire us. But <laughs> so let's talk about launching and how you're mm -hmm. sustaining, you know, academia right now in terms right. of you know the early access. How are you? you know, marketing it and keeping everything going on that end. I mean, what, what, I mean, obviously influencer marketing is a huge chunk of it, but how do you mm -hmm. approach the market from, from that side, especially since you, now you've got another game coming out too soon. Right. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't have really good answers. <laughs> um, like you, you would, you would think that like, we we have this great marketing machine that like we just like keep whipping our players up into a frenzy, um, but like I mean at the start obviously like um, so when we launched the game originally, you know like we had our whole like buck like list of like um, to dos like uh, I did um, like I researched all of the streamers that ever played uh, Prison Architect. Right, I got their emails down on a spreadsheet, and like when we were like a few weeks before launch, I like I emailed them like one by one, saying, "Hey, are you interested? Hey, are you interested? Hey, are you interested?" Um, and uh, so we, you know, we had we we had a good launch um, that way, uh, and like since launch, um, uh, my our like our our key focus was really just like making sure that. Again, like we were consistently updating the game on Steam, so like it just goes back to the argument like most people are gonna find our game on on Steam, right? So as long as that storefront is active, as long as that discussion board looks like it's alive and like people are discussing it, um, we're we're good. And um, like the other stuff, the other marketing stuff is sort of like um, tangential for me, just because like. We don't really have someone who's very good. I mean, maybe I'm the closest person, like, from the original team that's really good at, like, or not even good, just, like, kind of has a, a sense for, like, marketing or social media or, or whatever. Um, and, like, for a while, like, we just have scheduled, like, okay, release a, a screenshot on Twitter on such and such day. Um, okay, like, you know, make sure to always at least post on Facebook once a week. It, it, it's just sort of like a proof of life thing. Like, keep making sure that people see that you're alive and active and um developing stuff uh we used to do one of the important things that we did before that i think was very very important for us was um like youtube uh, devlogs um and so like to coincide with each update we would always have um like one devlog just to say hey this is what we worked on etc 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 and um thanks for watching and you know wish this and follow uh Again, that's like the proof of life stuff. It's proof of commitment. 
um, that we're not just going to disappear, you know, because that's a big problem with, with like early access game like developers just disappearing and like leaving their, their, their projects behind to die. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that for us uh, to build that trust with the players by being consistent about um, releasing those devlogs and those updates. Now, at some point, like even making those devlogs just became too much of a chore for me personally. So like we kind of let that drop by the wayside. Um, but I mean, but by that point, like we kind of also built up enough momentum that like I felt a little bit comfortable about like okay, like if we just make sure that Steam is always like you know every month we're we're updating. I think we're good. And like as as kind of the the landscape has evolved, I think YouTube is less of a, a an entity now than than it used to be. Um, and you can see that from like our, our our viewer numbers, it's become smaller and smaller. Um, but we still do like now now that we like we yeah, have one of our um, one of our younger hires is like he's kind of more um, you know familiar and like he's he's kind of cool with like doing um, like devlogs. I'll have him do devlogs when we do like some major updates. And so that we, we can kind of get that cycle um, going again. I mean, I know a lot of people do like Twitch, like live dev, live, not live blogging, um, like live yeah, developing. They, they stream their yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> we could do that. We're just so like scared and we're so introverted that like we don't. <laughs> Like I don't know, like that's that's one of the things that we've we've just not been very good at, um, to be honest. Like we're only now kind of figuring out Discord, if if you can believe it. Like we, I have been very like, um, like not on the Discord train. Like I'm just like ah, I'm, I'm I don't want to deal with people like messaging me out of the blue and like demanding like shit from me and like. Um, but like it's, you it's sort of inevitable. Can alone, okay? Can you just do that? <laughs> No, like I know this all sounds counterintuitive, right? But like we're super active on like our Steam forums. We're active about like reaching out to people like who have bug reports. Like we'll email them. It's like, hey, like you know, um, we fixed your bug. Like we do all of those things, um, and we're we're super active with like making sure that like um, like any feedback that's sent to us, I'll send an email back to say, hey, like you know, um, thanks for sending this in. Like we'll we'll check it. Like I have no issues at all with like responding to people and making sure that our players feel good. It's just like the, at least with email, I, I can kind of like, you know, um, it gives me a bit of space to like, okay, I'm going to work on this first, then I'll respond to your email. Whereas like with Discord or like, like, like instant messaging stuff, it's like, there's always just so much pressure to like answer them right away. And like, they might get demanding and stuff. And like, so that's, that's kind of the thing that I'm, um, I'm a little bit wary of. Um, but like yeah, we. I mean, Discord is like it's 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 an inevitability. It's it's yeah. So um, we're we're definitely like um, now more actively like promoting our Discord and, and figuring out like how to um again like how, like like how to work it into our um our, our system, I guess. So so what is your Discord? Because I want to make sure that all of our users know to go to it and demand stuff from you. Oh, shit. <laughs> See, I don't actually even know how to share that um, with you. That's how um, that's how bad I am at Discord. So I'm just gonna click on invite. It's called Squeaky Wheel Studio. Um, so I'm gonna copy this. So maybe it's Discord dot gg slash Squeaky. You know. So this is interesting. Um, you know, I was given a, a talk last night 
And, and one of the things that we talk about when I'm saying the, you know, go and help find a publisher and how you do it, all this kind of good stuff is, you know, to use Discord as a, as a business development tool because we do, and it's a really good one. Uh, and then I realized it's like, I don't really know how to search and find a specific Discord other than just typing company name and Discord into Google. It's like, is there a directory of Discord server somewhere? Because I... There is sort of a directory person. on Discord. If you look at the... Uh, if you go to on the left side of Discord, like where all your servers are, at the very bottom, there's like a plus sign. And then below that, there's a little explore public servers button. But you can't really search. Oh! I've never seen that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, I know like I'm kind of um, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you call me. Like people look at me like I'm crazy. Anytime I, I, I tell them that we're not really big on discord and like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, I've, like, like I've dropped the ball or something. Um, and I probably did. Um, but again, it's just, it goes back to like, kind of focusing on, you know, what do we know and what we're comfortable with. Um, we are actually talking to someone right now who's like, um, like more familiar with discord and she's helping us like do a little bit of marketing. And so if it, if it all works out, um, we'll probably like, see if we can get her on like, um, you know, like either contractual or, or, or full time so that we have someone who can just really manage that for us. And it, it's mostly that like, we're just so like, um, not, not a one of us is really super, um, like extroverted or really ready to engage with people on discord. But like, if we can get this, the one person who like is, is really down to do it, then, then that's great. And, um, I'm hoping that all, uh, that all works out for us. I, I mean, I will say it's a, it's an excellent resource for developers to, mm. you know, J Justin French, we talk about the articles that he's done on building community, you know, right. on, on many episodes, but that's what he emphasizes. He's like, get your whole community to discord and right. then you can push them to wish lists or, you know, uh, live streams or all yeah. that kind of stuff. But he's, he's a big advocate for, you know, using discord as your, your central hub of mm. development and the, I mean, of, of community and then, you know, moving people out from there. So, um, I had a question and now I cannot remember where, <laughs> oh, okay. All right, yeah, so this will be like the last one. If anybody else has okay. a question for Ryan, we're going to let him go to sleep soon. So, you know, <laughs> drop it in your chat wherever you are, we'll see it pop up and, and we'll ask him. So I'm looking at the, the algorithm change, you know, chart that you have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheet, and there's this like huge spike at the anniversary sale, and then it goes down, yeah. and it's in that yeah. you know nasty valley for so long. And yeah. then there's a huge spike when Dan TDM streamed it. Was yeah. that targeted outreach, or did Dan just find it and start playing it? I mean, how yeah. how did that come about? So none of our um, so 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 one thing that we've never done. Um, I'm not like like advocating this or uh, or anything, but like one thing we've never done is we've never like paid um, for, uh, for 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 streamers. Um, we like our publisher like suggested we do that for like our first game, Political Animals, but 
um i think the roi is just it's it's so variable and it's so weird like it's it's hard to to really um calculate that so i'm not 100 percent against like being streamers it's just like it's it's better for for me i think and like better for us like if they just find it and they like it um it's probably more genuine on their end and so that that kind of um passes on to uh to uh, to to their players um so we did not like any of like the large streamers that um that ever played the game there are a couple there were quite a few um and we're we're super fortunate that um that they did um so there's dan tdm um early on um after development there was like uh jack septic um and a bunch of other big names actually um and so that definitely translated into a lot of sales for us but we never went out of our way to like hit them up or anything i don't know actually that they would listen i mean like i don't know like i I really don't know if they pay it. They would have paid attention to to our emails, and I have no idea how they found the games. Um, we do have um, so we're 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 definitely very streamer friendly. Like we've set up our our key mailer, we've set up our Wuvit, um, and so there are like if any of like your, your listeners are streamers and you want to um, you know get whatever get a key, uh, you can check out our key mailer and our our, our Wuvit. Um, and uh, so we're we're definitely very streamer friendly. Um, but in that case, like, yeah, like we had no idea that that was going to happen. Um, like recently we launched, um, like our alpha four update. That's kind of a, a, a pretty big update for us. Um, and, uh, gray still plays, I think it's the name of a uh, popular guy. Um, so like for whatever reason, he, um, he decided to play the game at the same time. And that definitely, um, uh, that definitely helped us out a lot. We, we um, so for this last uh, like major update, we have been working with uh, a uh, a PR company in Spain called Haleo, J A L E O. Um, that's kind of an experiment for me because I used to be the one doing this, just like emailing streamers. Um, you know, like I figured uh, I'll, I'll give them a little money, and you know, like I, I don't expect a lot out of it, but like it's like a small enough amount of money where. Again, like I'm paying them basically so I can take a nap every now and then. Um, so, uh, and I, and I think it it, it helped out um, because I think maybe it's entirely possible that Gray still plays like was kind of reminded of our game because of their outreach. So that was really good for us. And it, it's it's one of those things that when you run a company, sooner or later you got to figure out. You know, when is it? worth paying somebody a little bit of money or a lot of money, however much makes sense. So you right. can exactly, so you can take a nap. So the interesting yeah. thing is, you know, when you're looking at this sales chart, there was a huge spike. It went from like 50 units a day to 500 mm. units a day, but it was only yeah. really for like three or four days. You know, right. it, it's, it's not like, you got, you know, Dan DDM played the, the game and then all of a sudden you were selling five, 10 X what you were selling. There was, yes, there was right. a huge spike, but then it went back down. Um, so the, I'm going to crucify this name. Yusuke on Twitch says Discord users are your most passionate fans. Uh, they'll give you straightforward feedback without holding back. They really want your game to succeed and they really want to help. So there, there you go. You got you to gotta engage with them. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> and so you know, you know what? Like, I, I agree with that. Like, and I know that, but like, maybe it's also a personal thing where like, I 
I genuinely want to have like this one-on-one like connection with almost like each and every player, right? But that's like physically impossible. Like I can't have that connection with you, right? And so like for me, like emotionally, it's kind of draining to like kind of, and I don't want to be fake, right? Like I don't want to be just like, hey, it's great, thank you for thank you for helping us, well, and then like you know just check out right immediately after. Like I need to be like for me, I need to be genuine if I'm engaging with you. And but it's too tiring to be genuine and engaging with like a thousand people. So like I just my my instinct is just to back off. But yeah, I know we're we're on Discord, so um I, I need to learn how to manage that. You just need so to just... get some mods, some people that love the game that yeah, would volunteer yeah, to be yeah, mods. Yeah. Yeah, truthfully. Um and Lush the Good says, am I mistaken or did you do ads on Reddit? Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Um, we don't do a lot of ads, actually. Um, one of the reasons is like, uh, because most of our, um, like, again, we're, we're targeting Steam mostly, right? Like, and Steam doesn't really uh, attribute like sales. So like, there's kind of, it's, it's super difficult to figure out like, what ads are actually working or not. Um, I just, we just put a bunch of um, ads on, on Reddit and like uh, kind of um, like pay the least amount of money for the ads. And like the idea is kind of just to, to, to have it always in the background for people. Like we'll, we'll get like, like tens of thousands of impressions every day. And, um, you know, like uh, we'll target specific subreddits that are similar like to our game. So like, um, like I did some some experimenting before, and like people who like uh, our game, um, oh, people who play Terraria seem to like click on our ads a lot, or something like that. And so, like, okay, like I'll just kind of shuffle between like different subreddits where there are people who play similar games to us, and just make sure that like when they're scrolling through Reddit, like they'll randomly see Academia. They don't even have to click on it. It's just I kind of want to imprint the game on their mind so that, um, and this is like an advertising principle or something, right? you just kind of keep getting them used to the idea of your game. And if they see it enough and it's like, oh, I, like something will click in their head. And it's like, oh, this is a trusted thing. Like I've, I've seen this before. And then when it goes on sale on Steam, they're like, ah, I've seen this before. I, I'll probably buy it. I mean, that's that's kind of the theory. I. There's no way to, you know, there's no way to know if it's working. It's just, uh, it's we're not spending that much for it to really um, destroy us. Uh, it's just enough so that it's, uh, it, it, we're spending enough that like people are complaining. There was really terrible people um, saying like, I hope your company goes like out of business because I hate seeing your ads all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> like I'm spending five bucks a day like five dollars a day on some reddit ads like is it really that bad like it's yeah some people are terrible uh, i've honestly it's like I, I i go to reddit but i have never had a lot of six i don't i don't understand especially when we're running something like indie game business which at the end of the day is is there to educate people i have yet to figure out how to tell people on Reddit that it's here without mm. somebody turning around and going, oh, well, you're just promoting blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm just fucking, I don't, here it is. If you don't yeah. like it, don't watch it or listen to it or whatever. Maybe that but, should be the pitch. Here, this is indie game business. If you don't like it, fuck off. Like you, you know, don't watch it. <laughs> Maybe that, that would probably work good on Reddit. That's, a, that's probably a good point. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a good filtering mechanism. I hate Reddit. I don't. I don't like Reddit at all. 
Oh. I am actually not so like I know like so this is sort of counterintuitive, right? Like everyone's on the on the Discord tra- hype train, um, and everyone hates Reddit. Like apparently, I've genuinely had like a lot of good interactions on Reddit because there are like there are a couple of subreddits that are um, uh, like game dev friendly. So like um, I, I I'll post there, and as long as you mention right away that like when you're like promoting your game that hey like you know just to let you know I'm the, I'm I'm the developer. Um, like they won't, they won't like take it off. Um, they'll just leave it there, and then if, if people see it, like sometimes Which they'll ask you questions. Yeah. Because it's not game dev. <laughs> game dev is no, you shouldn't be going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I forget which, but like, like hashtag um, the uh, the tycoon subreddit. I think um, it was people really friendly. Um, it was tycoon like tycoon games? Um, so you know, so our game is kind of like a business sim tycoon game thing. Um, so I posted there a couple of times, and like in general, um, yeah, like the interactions with people on Reddit actually on on the whole have been like really really nice. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Well, I wonder if that's because it's the consumers versus actual developers. Right, right. But still, you know, them wishing that your studio to go under because they don't like looking at an ad. Get a fucking <laughs> ad blocker. I mean, that's not hard. That's, you know, I don't know. That's, that's, I'm with you. There's many days that I'm like, I enjoy getting out there and talking. And then there's days that I'm like, just, sh- 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 shut up. <laughs> I can't deal with this right now. Um, Ryan, we are going to let you go to bed, dude. I know it's yeah, it, yeah. super late. I am getting tired. Uh, thank you I'm starting to so feel much. It. Yeah. Man, this, is, this has been awesome. You are obviously welcome to hang out on, on our Discord. We'll, we'll make sure, sure you sure. the coveted guest of the show role on there. And then, you know, yeah, if... Um, Keep then I'll going. just ignore everyone that DMs me um, because yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to actually <laughs> on our server so we get a rotation of people like right. DMing you constantly. Okay, um, thank you. <laughs> so uh, for those of us out there who are, are the the gamers as well, check out Academia. Check out uh, what is, is it, Runark or Runiark? I, uh, Ruinark, yeah. Ruinark. I was not right on either one. So <laughs> check, check them out. Uh, Ryan has a whole series of really good blog articles on Gama Sutra. So so check those out as well. And yeah, I'm, that's good. Let's we can wrap it. Yeah, Discord.gg slash indie game business and anchor.fm slash indie game business. And I was just looking, and there's something called Disboard. I posted it in chat where you can search. I think we're on that. Yeah, well, yeah. Or you can just type in indie game business Discord, and it will come up. So if you're looking for a specific Discord, like searching for my Discord was a pain in the ass. Um, Because if you type in the word indie, it's just like 20 Jeffrey, billion things show up. Like the worst SEO name ever. <laughs> it is the worst. I mean, I should just go by my name. Yeah. I actually, uh, I actually have the the Twitch, Twitch.tv slash Dan Long. I could just start going by that, but doesn't you wouldn't be Andy anymore, dude. Yeah. All right, Ryan, thanks, thank dude. you so much. Thank you so much for having me, guys. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll catch I'm up. gonna take a nap. All right, man. <laughs> until five o'clock right. in the morning. Right on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh no, probably until twelve. <sighs> All right, see All right. you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks everybody.
Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at IndieGame.Business.